And I never forget. Kobe goes, go get him. I want to meet him. Oh. So, and, you know, as you know, there's nobody who really can go into the Lakers locker room. But Kobe goes, go get, go get, go get your nephew. So I brought him over. He took pictures with Kobe. They talked, you know, 10, 15 minutes before the game. And, you know, those are the types of things that are the personal things that, you know, most people don't see. But that, you know, that person who he became in 2014, 15 wasn't the same person he was in 2001, two or three. So it was really a a pleasure to watch him and i still can't believe we we're talking about him in the past tense because right. i feel like he's still here yeah. but um those are those are the memories that i really treasure you can hear it in your voice daniel it's just beautiful to hear dr ranawat was yeah. my teacher he's you know one of the, he and insole invented the knee replacement and i was lucky enough to be at special surgery in the 80s learning from the men who invented the knee replacement and ranawat taught me many things but one of the things he taught me was the eyes don't See what the mind doesn't know, which means study, Robert. Study. Keep learn the literature and know it backwards and forwards. The eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know. But this is a radio show. So I need you. The ears don't hear what the mind doesn't know. Take us through what you, Dr. Karazi, hears when you hear Kobe's voice and what he's really saying. We hear it one way, but I want to know what you hear. Here we go. Nerf basketball. Yeah. Right? So yeah. talk, about, <laughs> talk about the development of the Mamba mentality, uh, the pillars, the five pillars of this Mamba mentality, and then we'll kind of break it down. Well, I mean, I, overall, you know, the idea is a very simple one. And, you know, the Mamba mentality simply means trying to be the best version of yourself. That's what the mentality means. It means every day you know, you're trying to become better. And it's a constant quest. It's an infinite quest. So starting at the age of two, when I first started playing the game and on and on and on, I always ask questions. I always try to get better every single day, learn more. Learn you were asking more, questions more. at two? Oh, dude, I was asking questions <laughs> all the time. And you'd be surprised. Like some people, like my kids at two, could do a lot of things. Mm -hmm. right? At two, I could dribble a basketball. I could shoot a basketball on the nerf hoop at the house. And I would go to practice with my father. I would observe my father. Dr. Karazi, what do you hear when you hear Kobe speak? So uh, that's a great little quote you had from him there. But what I love what he said is the best version of yourself and the infinite quest. Mm. That wasn't just lip service. He did that every second of every day. Mm. So what I hear when Kobe says that is that it is not just what he was saying. He was doing it literally 24-7. So through injury, uh, it reminds me of an episode that I'm, which I'm sure Gary will tell you where he, dis you know, I think we were playing San Antonio. He dislocated his finger. Gary reduced it on the side. And Kobe was like, okay, I'm ready to go back in. <laughs> so, and Gary's like, well, maybe he needs to sit out. He's like, oh, I'm ready. So being the best version of yourself, I think, you know, he literally was built differently. I think athletes in general are built just to a different sort of uh, protoplasm, but Kobe was amazing. He, he recovered from injuries throughout his 20 years. Like nobody I've seen, he just had a mental toughness that literally showed the best version of himself. And he literally had an infinite quest to be the best he can be every minute of every day. And I can tell you that by watching him literally 50 nights a year from 7 p.m., where we would get to the arena 
before the game till midnight or sometimes even later when we would leave. Mm. And his quest was not just in, in um, basketball, in knowledge, I think in his personal relationships with people who he liked and he sort of valued. So that, that what you just played really takes me back to those years. What about the post-game, how he handled the media, the mental aspects of the game? Here we go again. Listen to this soundbite and tell me what it is that you hear. Sí, un poquito, sí. Sí, sí. Ahora me siento muy uh, relajado, ¿no? Puedo, eh, eh, puedo jugar uh, el, uh, el campeonato con, uh, con mucho más divertimento en mi corazón. Okay. Stessa cosa, stessa cosa. Vado a la oficina, lavoro, ¿no? escribo, le cose così. Pero retornaré seguramente en Italia para ayudar a los jóvenes. Eh, a giocare a giocare questo questo gioco che è bellissimo però per me giocare professionale ancora no questa porta è chiusa He's speaking better Italian than Pavarotti. He's speaking better Spanish than Pal Casal. What's that like? What was it like to see him interact with people, the mental aspects of being a mature adult? So that's a great little soundbite you played there, Robbie, because I speak three languages and it's hard. I, You know, it's incredibly hard. But this guy spoke Spanish, Italian, English. He even spoke Slovenian with Sasha Vujicic, I, which I don't even understand. But he his mind was a sieve and he was one of the brightest guys that I had me- ever met. I mean, he went straight from high school to playing in the NBA and I think he never went through the college years and postgraduate ed- education, but he was probably m- much smarter than people who had even finished Harvard Medical School or Harvard Law School. Mm. This guy was transitioning from languages to languages. He knew how to get into people's or his competitors' heads. And then he knew how to, you know, what you mentioned with him speaking Spanish to Pau, he knew how to sort of gel with Pau so that they played at that level and win championships. So that, to me, that soundbite you played really puts focus on who he was as, an, as, as, as a teammate and as, uh, you know, with the focus on him. I'll tell you a different uh, story. I did um, a show about 10 years ago that I was on TV for about five seconds. Mm-hmm. So I go to the Lakers game, and wouldn't you know it, first thing he says, he says, Doc, that was a good show. Yeah! He that was running at like 3 a.m., and he was giving me grief about being on TV for five seconds. And I said, Cole, you're on TV like literally 24 hours a day on every station. I was on, I was on TV for five seconds, and I'm getting some uh, grief from you but he knew how to play it to get into your yeah. head and sort of get the best of you so um, uh, and that was his playful side he really um he really was uh, an incredible uh genius for Daniel, a better word can you hold on the line i'm going to take a break and come back just we'll have a short segment but i want to ask you personally about your feelings about orthopedic surgery the innovations your favorite surgeries to do and why can you hang on the line absolutely all right we're talking to the great dr daniel karazi coming up next we're going to learn a little bit more about innovations i want to particularly ask him about when do you repair a meniscus versus trimming a meniscus coming up next on the weekend warriors show here on 710 espn